0: Is there anything that God's unable to do? Is there anything that God, what he set out to do from the beginning? Is there anything out there that he's not willing to finish? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. We all know this verse. We should all know this verse. Philippians 1 6. Being confident of this. I'm confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What is it that God has begun in your life? What has God started? Was there something years ago in your life that God started and you haven't seen the um, completion of it yet? There is a completion purpose in God's mind for ever what it is. And I believe with all of my heart that what God began, God's going to see through to the end. In your life, in your family's life, in this ministry, in this church, in this gymnasium sanctuary. What God begins, he will see it through. There's a purpose and a plan for your life and God intends to see you through that purpose and that plan. Now, whatever that is for you, whatever that looks like in your life, I want to tell you, you can have confidence in God. What He started, He's still working in right now. He's still working in it right now. He's in the process of making it happen in your life, in your family's life, in this church's life. Now, here's the big question. Are we on board? I'll pause. Do we we find ourselves getting off-board of what God's trying to do in our lives. I believe if there is a hold-up, if there is a delay, per se, um, it's not because God's not working in our homes, in our families, in our churches. Sometimes we're the ones that get off-board of what God's doing. Today would be a good day to get back on board and understand what God is doing in your life He's going to finish it. If the Lord says, I will do something, do you think He'll do it? Do you think He's just going to say a bunch of stuff? Do you think um, I was thinking about how God brought me here? It's like I believe with all my heart God brought me here. I believe that with all my heart. I don't have a I don't have a question in my heart. Is is God done yet? No. Is he gonna see it to completion? Yes. Because he's going to see things to completion that he begins. Now, do I understand all these things that God has started doing a work in our lives? Absolutely not. But I trust him. And I'm going, to, I'm going to continue to trust him. And I'm going to continue to walk with him. And I want to challenge you to do the same thing in your Christian life. God started your life out the moment you got saved. Your spiritual life. Now, from that moment until the very end, he is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Why? Why can I say that? Because he said that in his word. All I'm doing is repeating what he had to say. I'm not coming up with some great new big revelation or writing more to the scripture. Jesus said that he will never leave us or forsake us. Do you believe that? Here's some things that Jesus said, I will do. I will. I will make you fishers of men. I went fishing yesterday and I caught two little small bass. Okay? I was sitting there holding this little bitty small bass with, with my hands like this. No, it wasn't quite that big. And that booger got to doing this right here. Have you ever been fishing? That little fish. Well, that hook went right in my finger. It's like, oh, mm. that hurt. And I was talking about, man, got a hook in my finger on a little fish. And the person fishing with me said, yeah, but Jesus could feed 5,000 with those two little fish you caught. I'm like, man, that fish was a lot bigger than I thought. I'm going to have that thing mounted. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Jesus saves us, he equips us, and then he lines us up with people who need salvation. Have you ever seen people that are in your life who aren't saved? Have you ever wondered why in the world that person right there came into my life right now? I'm saved, they're lost. It surely wasn't to get you lost again. It surely wasn't to get you to backslide. It surely wasn't to get you to become more like them. No. God wants to get you in that person's life so that he can get himself in their life. Just like he got in your life. I will make you fishers of men. Can you see Peter, James, and John? These guys were rough around the edges. These guys were something else. And Jesus comes into their lives. All they know how to do is throw a net out there and catch some fish. They weren't received from the rabbis. They didn't didn't pass the grade to get to the next level. And Jesus comes up to them, and he starts talking to them, and then he shows them who they are in his eyes, in his plan, in his will. Have you ever wondered who you are and the plan that God has for you? You've got to spend some time with the Lord so that he can show you what he started. Now, you're not going to know the whole picture. We're not going to know the whole picture of what God has in store for Trendy Westland Maybe ever. Maybe until we get to heaven. But I believe with all of my heart, whatever it is that God has purposed for us and our church and the way He's brought us all together and knitted our hearts together, the way God has done that, He's going to see it to completion. And He has a plan. He has a work. He has goals in mind for us to accomplish. Now, how in the world, how in the world are we How are we going to get to the end? How are we going to get, let's look at it like this, to the promised land? Oh, we got to walk through the desert. We're going to a promised land and we're walking right out into a desert. We'll get back to that in a few minutes. That was a question asked in Sunday school today that I'm going to ask in my sermon. So I'll go ahead and ask it a little bit early. Who is God? We asked that, that question was asked in Sunday school. I've got this over here on this side of the notes to ask. But I'm going to go ahead and ask it now. Who is God? I hope I can discover more about who God is today in this time frame of this message. Jesus said, I will make you. I will make you fishers of men. Here's another one. Jesus says, I will give you rest. Now, really, what's he talking about? He's talking about peace. He's not talking about the lazy boy recliner watching the race this afternoon or the Carolina Panthers playing football this afternoon or some golf tournament going on down in Greensboro this afternoon. No, he's telling us, I will give you peace. I'm going to give you peace. Now, we live in a world, we live in a day and a time where there's not a lot of peace. It's just a bunch of hustle. It's just a bunch of busyness. It's just a bunch of all of this stuff that has, has, that's out there trying to grab our attention. The commercials are getting longer and longer. And the little ads are getting more and more. And the phone calls and the texts that you get from these companies. Um, how many people in here today need to renew their automobile Warranties. I'm so mad at that person. I don't want to hear from them ever again. I don't know who they are. I don't know how they got my phone number. Did you give them my phone number, Brett? Come on, dude. <laughs> Come on. How many times can you get a phone call in the same day? I've had up to three to five in the same day telling me my car warranty's getting ready to run out. I ask them if they're going to heaven or hell. And if they know how to get to heaven, stay out of hell. Come on, I'm going to throw it back at them. Jesus, you put that person in my life for a purpose and for a reason. I'm going to share Jesus with them. Jesus, help us. Help us, oh God. Give us rest and give us peace, oh God. In the midst of busyness. And everybody's trying to grab your attention. Everybody's trying to um, grab a dollar bill out of your wallet with their commercials. That's over in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Here's another one. Jesus said, I will keep you. I'm going to tell you, I find a whole lot of comfort in this right here. Because people will smile at you. People will pat you on the back. People will tell you how great you are. But they won't keep you. Jesus says, I'll keep you. I will keep you. I believe with all of my heart in Christ, I am saved. I believe with all of my heart in Christ, I have eternal life. I believe with all of my heart in Christ, I'm on my, de- my destiny is heaven. I believe what Jesus says right here, I will keep you. I will keep you. Can you hear Jesus saying, I will keep you? Here is an assurance of the salvation of God in heaven. I will keep you. That's John 6, 37. Here's one from John 14, 21. I will love you. I will love you. Do you you know people that um, are in your life that are just hard to love? Jesus says, I will love you. Now see, we can sit right here in the peace of God for a moment. We can get rid of all of our past. We can forget about all of those sins. And we can sit here and just praise God that he loves us. That he cares for us so much that he was not going to leave us in that death trap called sin. But he has called us into his presence. Right here in the presence of God's love. I feel God's love. Yes, we've made mistakes in life. But I've never experienced one second in my Christian walk where I did not feel like God loved me. Sometimes he loves us with a rod and a staff that comfort us. But he loves us. John fourteen I'm going to read it real quick. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. That's Jesus speaking to us. See, I believe when Jesus says, I will do something, I believe he'll do it. I don't believe that he says just flippantly, yes, I'll do that. Have you ever had somebody in your life that told you, yes, I'll do that, and then it's like, man, they never did what they said they'd do? Years ago, I'll say it like this. The old timers used to shake somebody's hand and say, yes, sir, I'll do that. And shaking that hand meant something, because that's all that man had was his word. And that's what he lived by. He lived by the truth of his word. I told the man down the street that I would do this. And by George, I'm going to do it one way or another. I'm not going to let excuses come into my mind about why I'm not going to do what I said I would do. We need to get back to a day and a time when when we say we're going to do something, we do it. It's not, well, it's raining, I can't get down. I told them I'd do it. And if, it, if I told them I'd mow their yard and it won't quit raining, I'm going to mow the yard in the rain. Because my word means more to me than the excuses the enemy puts in my mind. i going to get up and go to work tomorrow morning, right? Oh man, that alarm clock. Don't even hit snooze tomorrow morning. Just jump right up. Somebody's going to say that preacher. I'm mad at him. Couldn't even hit snooze. He wants me to jump right up. Get in the word. Read something about Moses. Read something about Joshua. Read something about Joseph. Read something about Jesus. And get your day started really good. Here's another one. I will do what you ask in my name. We're going to get to that a little bit more here in a little bit. Because we've prayed a lot of prayers. Have you seen all your prayers answered? Maybe we're praying a miss. Maybe we're not praying according to God's will. God wants us to learn to pray according to His desires. So many times we we pray a prayer based on, Oh God, give me. Oh God, bless me. Have we ever one time thought to say, Oh God, I'm asking right now for revelation from heaven. What do you want out of me this day? That's a prayer that will get answered. You'll live through that day, and you'll see things that'll take place in in your day, day, minute by minute, hour by hour. Jesus is going to say, were you serious about asking me what I wanted out of you this day? Here's somebody that needs encouragement. Here's somebody who needs a a word of of instruction. Here's a person who needs um, some faith poured into their life. Jesus, what would you have? Out of Trendy West then. Oh God, I know what people want. I hear it all the time. God, what do you want? Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. What would heaven have to say about... God, help us. Help us to get lined up with what God wills. Instead of thinking so much about what we want. And about our desires. Where are you going in life? You're going to be where Jesus is. How in the world are you going to get there? You're going to have to follow him. How are you going to follow him? You're going to have to lay aside a whole lot of the stuff. you got to lay a lot of, uh, aside a lot of the mindsets that have consumed um, how many hours of our thought process. What if we was to allow the thought process to be consumed with God's will, God's desires? And Jesus says, I will do what you ask In my name. I believe everything is done in Christ. My salvation is done in Christ. It is sealed. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life because of Jesus. I also believe that everything we accomplish in this world has to be done in the name of Jesus. It has to be done through Jesus. So when you get up in the morning and you hit that alarm, you turn it off, you get in the Word, sit there and think, Oh God, I want your will today. I want that peace, yes, I want. Oh God, I'm desiring, Father, to be, a, to be a fisher of men. I'm praying, oh God, for your will to be accomplished in my life right now. Right now, God, what can I do for you? What can I do today for you, oh God? Here's another one. I will come again and see you again. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. I can't tell you the day and the time because um, that's, not, that's not information God gives to us. But I believe it's going to happen. Jesus said this, You can look at the sky and tell about the weather. Can you not look at the times and tell that the times are telling us that the second returning of Christ is even sooner than it's ever been in the history. It is right here. It is right here. They're out there worried about all this stuff. Or all about this stuff. And Jesus told us what the world would do. Do we find ourselves getting anxious and worried. And, and all upset with the world over. What's the economy going to That's a worldly thing. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? That's a worldly thing. What's going to happen in Russia and China? That's worldly stuff. What's going to take place in the life of the church? There we go. What's going to take place in the life of a church? What's going to take place? What's going to take place in my life as a child of God? Jesus said, I will come. I will come again and see you again. John chapter 14, verse 3. Also, John 16, 22. Here's one. I will send the Holy Spirit, to you. I will send you the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7. I believe one of the greatest gifts of salvation is that God fills us with everything that we need from that moment of salvation till the very last breath we ever take. I believe that God fills us with everything we need. Now, not everything at that moment is revealed to us Because now what God has poured into the life, into the believer, this new convert. Now this new convert doesn't understand some of the gifts of the Spirit. This new convert does not understand some of these things. But that new convert is walking in a pathway from this moment till the very end. And what God started in that new convert's life, which was me back in 1993, and I I hope I'm just right here. Jesus, it's all in your will. It's all in your timing. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go tonight. Where are we at in this process? Where are we at in this walk? Wherever you are, understand this. Where we started, this message out. What God started, he's going to see to completion. And what needs to be revealed is going to be revealed at just the right moment. You're going to know exactly what to say. You're going to know exactly what to do. Because you're going to be faced with a temptation. What are you going to do in the midst of that temptation that I'm faced with? God done filled me with everything that I need. He's filled me with the ability to make the right choices. God wants the right choice because I've never really made the right choices in life. But you're saved now. You're sanctified. You're filled with my spirit. Yeah. I know what to do. I resist the devil and he will flee. I know what to do in the midst of that temptation. I'm going to quote the scripture back to the enemy. That's what my Jesus did. That's what I'll do. I'm I'm, I'm learning to know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Because what God began, he's going to finish. What he began, I believe he poured it all in us. Thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit. I pray, oh God, that you would fill us right now. Father, with the understanding that we have been saved. We have been sanctified by the truth of God's word. And, oh God, we've been filled with your Holy Spirit. Oh God, thank you. Give us wisdom to know what to do. Give us wisdom to know what to do, Father. You have sent us out as lambs, sheep, into a world that is filled up with wolves. Protect us, oh God. When we hear in Scripture... And it's Jesus speaking, I will. What Jesus says he'll do, he's doing it. He's not sitting up there in heaven right now flipping through the channels. No, that's not what Jesus is doing right now. He is attentive and he is right there in the midst of your life. And if you've walked backwards a little bit in your Christian life, today's the day to walk forward right back to where where he wants you to be. If you would turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. Got a lot of I wills. Jesus telling us some things in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, I'm reading this in NIV, and we have it on the screen behind me. (laughs) Jesus speaking to us Oh God, God is speaking to me right now through His Word. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus speaking to us. My Father's house has many rooms. Hallelujah. Many rooms. There's a room for me in heaven. There's a room for you in God's presence. If that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. Thank you, Father, for preparing a place for us bigger than anything that this world has ever seen. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Now he throws a little monkey wrench in this thing. You know the way to the place where I'm going. huh? Where are you going, Jesus? What are you doing? Jesus, come on, talk to us. See, sometimes we want to know where Jesus is going before Jesus is ready to reveal it to us. But he's already revealed it to us. Thomas. Thomas has a problem. Thomas doubts. Have you ever been around somebody that has, has just issues? Thomas doubts. And if you're not careful, doubt in Thomas right here. It's like, Thomas, you need to get with Jesus. You need to get in the secret prayer closet because what's on you, Thomas, I don't want on me right now. I'm thankful Thomas got the doubts out of his life. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered. Jesus is going to answer this man's doubts. But see, what really concerns me is who Thomas has influenced. Thomas is influencing many of the other disciples right now. He's not meaning to do anything wrong. But he's putting an influence, especially right here in the next verse, with Philip. If you know you have a weakness, don't put that weakness on somebody else. Thomas, you got a weakness here, you doubt, son. Leave Philip alone. Philip's got a call of God on his life. He doesn't need that negativity in his life. He doesn't need that. He needs to to know that the glass is half full, not half empty. So Thomas said, Lord... We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, Thomas, no one, comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip speaks up. Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Thomas, Thomas, what did you say to Philip at lunch the other day when you took him to lunch? Were you just venting with Philip? Were you just letting him know all of the things you doubt? Thomas, what in the world? What in the world is going on with the doubts and the confusion? It sounds like to me right here, somebody's losing confidence in what Jesus is doing in their lives. Jesus, I know you're saying all this stuff, but I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing things right now. Oh God, I'm not seeing some things right now. I'm not seeing some things right now that I want to see. I had a man preach to me and, re- and prophesied to me that there is millions And there's a revival coming that's going to be huge. Here's what the Lord speaks to me. If you can't do with what is little, you'll never be able to do with what is much. Be faithful with that which is little, and I will entrust you with much. If we ever want to get to the big, ever what the big is in our own minds and our own hearts, we've got to learn to be faithful with the little. Jesus, help us to be faithful with the little. Thank you, God, for the gifts that you've given us. Father, we have weaknesses, but your word says, your word says, your word teaches us, and we believe your word over our feelings that you are made strong in our weaknesses. Thomas, we need to spend some time with Jesus alone. We need to get in the secret prayer closet We need to talk to God about these doubts and these fears and these concerns. And I need to leave Philip out of it right now because he doesn't need to be influenced with my doubts. Jesus answers Philip just like he answered Thomas, just like he's willing to answer all of us. Do you not know me, Philip? Can you hear Jesus saying, Trinity Wesleyan, don't you know me? Don't you know me? We got our minds all consumed with all of this. And Jesus is saying, Don't you know me? Get your minds away from all of this influence. Get your minds off. Thomas did great, great, great things in the ministry. Do you know how he did great, great things in the ministry? He got out of self pity, he got out, out of doubt, he got out of. That confusion because he got a revelation that God's not the author of confusion. The devil is. And Thomas got that revelation. I'm not going to be a part of anything the enemy's in. I'm going to keep myself right here, focused in the things that God is doing in my life. Get my mind on Jesus. Get my mind on the call of God, not on millions, not on the millions of dollars or the millions of people. But being faithful right where God calls us. Philip. Philip, don't you know me? Even after I have been among you such a long time. Philip, you've seen things. You saw Lazarus called out of the tomb. You saw the blind man healed. You've seen things, you have experienced things in your own heart that you could never, ever explain. Philip, don't you know me? Even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me, Philip, listen. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Philip, get your mind off of what Peter's thinking. Philip, get your mind off of what Thomas is thinking. Get your mind off of what Andrew's over there concerned about and worried about. Philip, I'm talking to you right now. Get your mind off of what's going on in Judas' life. Listen, Philip. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words, the words, the words, the things that we do, the things that we say. The words I say to you. I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father. You might want to circle this, underline it. You might want to highlight this. It is the Father living in me. Who is doing His work. Philip, it is the Father living in me, doing His work. Can we accept, church, that it is Jesus living in us, doing His work? That deserved an amen, thank you. Because it is the life of Jesus living in the church that accomplishes the work that produces fruit for the kingdom of God. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Is Jesus in us? There's a question for us to ask. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Now he's going to get real serious. Verily, verily, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. The works Jesus has been doing. He's telling us we are going to be doing the works that he has been doing. Oh, he goes further than that. And they will do even greater things than these. Because, here's the reason, because I am going to the Father. I am going to the Father. Here's the reason that greater things are going to take place. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. Why? Because he's going to the Father. We are praying with humble hearts. We're praying with pure hearts. We're praying for God's will to be accomplished in our lives. And anything we ask of God right now, heaven is hearing us. And if heaven can hear us, and we really believe that, and it is God's will to save that which is lost, when we lift up someone who doesn't know Jesus, Jesus takes attention to it. The Father takes attention to it. And the Holy Spirit of God takes attention to it. I don't save people. You don't save people. God saves people. I don't add to the church daily with people who are being saved. God does. God does that work and he does that work through us. There's the greater work. The living example of Christ in me, the hope of glory for the world. Christ inside of trendy Wesleyan. What he started, he's in the process of working it out. And he's going to continue to work it out until he's done. He's not going to stop. He's not going to give up. What he began, he's going to finish. I don't know where I am in the process of it. Pastor Wayne didn't know where he was at in the process of it. But what was started is not stopped. And it's not going to stop. And I, Jesus speaking, will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son... Listen to verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, go back. He's still talking to Philip. He's still in a conversation with Philip. Thomas is sitting here overhearing. Peter's over here scratching his head. He's not quite comprehending. John's over here. Thaddeus is over here church man, church woman, in a a future, here they are, and we can still hear the words of Jesus, do we comprehend what Jesus is saying to us? Can we comprehend? Can we hear that God is speaking to us? Get out of a life of doubt. Get out of a life of. Get out of all of this confusion. Get out of this place right here that has you in anxiety. Get out of this place of worry. Get out of this place right here Get over here with me. And he says, Philip, ask me. Come on, ask me. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. I'm going to do it. Now, in the, let's go back to Solomon. We talked about him a little bit in Sunday school, didn't we? Okay, so let's go back to Solomon. And God said, whatever you ask, I'll do it. You know how, why God could ask him that? God could ask him that because Solomon... Philip, Thomas, Peter right now, we are in the presence of God. And being in the very presence of God, having an understanding, we can call upon the name of the Lord right now. We can ask for things. So Solomon knew, oh, I better not get selfish here. I'm in the presence of God. I'm in the presence of the creator of all the universe. I'm in a place right now where I feel God's spirit. God, I need wisdom. Oh God, I need wisdom. How in the world could I ever lead these people? How in the world could I ever see this this position through without your wisdom? See, without the wisdom of God, the only thing Solomon was going to get, the only thing Philip was going to get, the only thing Thomas was going to get was a puffed up head thinking that God was elevating him to something that God never intended for him. But being in the presence of God, The reality that Jesus is telling us how to get to the Father. And I hear his word. And I know what his word is speaking right now is true. Oh God, I've got something else today. I'm not going to ask you for millions and millions of dollars today. I'm going to ask you for your wisdom. I want to ask you for your peace. I want to ask you, oh God, that you would move out the doubts in my life. I want to ask you, oh God, oh God... Fill me with that rest. Fill me with that peace. Fill me with that understanding. Oh, Jesus, help us. Verily, verily. Verily, verily. He's getting really serious with us. I tell you, whoever. Somebody say it out. I'm a whoever. I'm a whoever. Say it out loud. I am a whoever. Now tell the person beside of you, you are a whoever. Whoever. Whoever believes in me, I believe in Jesus, will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Can you hear Philip right now saying, Thomas, you're a whoever. Get out of the doubt. You're a whoever. You're one of these whoever's. Moses was called by God to free the people, the Jewish people, the people of God from slavery. 400 years they had lived in slavery. Here we've got Moses in the desert, in the wilderness, living out there, watching over some sheep. God uses a lot of shepherds. Something catches Moses' eye. What is it that catches your eye? A bush is burning. A bush is burning. But I recognize something about this bush that's burning. I've seen a lot of fires, but I've never seen a fire not consume something. So we've got a bush that's burning and it's not being consumed. So Moses walks over to the bush and he looks and the voice comes out of a bush. Take your shoes off, son, you're on holy ground. He takes his sandals off and he's standing there and he says, Who are you? And here's the question. It just jumped all over me in Sunday school this morning when it was asked. Who is God? Who are you? What is this strange thing that I'm seeing? What is this? This is bizarre. That bush is not burning and it's talking to me. And I feel like I'm in the presence of God right now. And God is revealing Himself to Moses. And out of that, He hears a voice say, Go back and free my people. Go back there and free my people. Who do I tell them? You are who sent me. The voice comes back. Just tell him I am. You can put I am. I am able. I am the God who provides. I am. And you tell the people. I am has sent you. So what does Moses do? He goes right back to the land of Egypt. Where he fled from. And he says to Pharaoh. Let my people go. We know that passage of scripture. Some of us need to. Cry out to the enemy, let my people go. You let my sons and my daughters go. You get your hands off of them. The influence of the world, the influence of the world has been too great in some of my family members' lives. Get your hands off of them. You let my people go. Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let your people go. Just like the world says today, I'm not going to let your daughters and your sons go. I'm not going to let them go. I've got their minds. I've trapped them up in all types of things. They don't put God first in anything anymore. And the man of God says, you let my people go. And the enemy says, absolutely not. I'm not going to let them go. You you, You gave me those children with unbelief. You practiced unbelief. And now you're saying to me, let your people go. Can you hear the devil laughing? Can you hear God saying, you better let my people go? Through the man who made many mistakes. Long story short, the people of God are freed. And here they go, right out into the wilderness. Oh, we've been promised a promised land. Moses, we're following you. We're going right where you've talked to us about going, And you're taking us back to a wilderness. Why in the world are we going back to a wilderness? Because that's where the man of God met, met God. I'm going to show you who God is before we ever get to a promised land. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. And if the heat and the sand and the sun and all of this uncomfortable stuff, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it because we're going to a place where God showed himself to be God. wonder how many. wonder how many came up to Moses and tapped on his shoulder. I think we need to go that way. Look, down that way, right down there. We can get to the promised land, Moses, that way. I see green pastures that way. Moses said, God's leading us that way. Right into the heat and the, the pain of the, and the suffering. Scorpions and snakes. I'm going to show you a bush that's much more, much more valuable for our lives. Than all that green pastures. And Lot from the distance. From a distance. He says listen. 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 For I went the way of the green pastures. And it got me in a land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And God destroyed the place. And I lost some of my family. Listen to the man of God. Listen to the woman of God. Listen. And follow the footsteps when we get to the Red Sea. I told you so, Moses. And Moses lifts up the staff and the sea is split and we go through. Then Moses goes up to the mountain to hear the word of the Lord and those same people gather up all of their gold, melt it down, make it into an image of a bull and begin to worship Oh, without the instructions of God and when we're left to our own devices what's going to become of us? only two from that generation was able to walk into the promised land you know there's a lot of people that want the gold but they're not willing to dig for it you know digging for the gold is part of the journey getting over to the promised land It was just as important to walk through that desert sand. It was just as important to suffer all them days. And it was just as important to dig and to work and to suffer for that which might be in this church ten years down the road. Oh, God help us. If I could have the praise team come on back up, please. Moses, who is this God? You know who could answer that question? I believe his name was Joshua and Caleb. For they walked into the promised land. Because what God said he would do, he's going to do it. We're going to get to a promised land, church. We may have to walk through some days in the heat. We may walk through some days in in the, the sun. We may come up upon rivers that we can't cross. I believe what God started, He's going to finish. I also believe what God said He would do, He will do. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe with all of my heart, Father God in heaven, we as a people, in this time that we live in, we're going to get through COVID-19. Father, I believe that we can pay the debt off that this church owes. I believe that we can repave that parking lot. Father, I believe that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Father, more than all of it, I believe what you began, what you started, you're going to see it to completion. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Hallelujah. If we would, let's stand up.